Welcome to Hilliard Studio Podcast. I'm Liz Hilliard, the owner of Hilliard Studio Method. And I'm Lee Canelli, the director of training at Hilliard Studio Method. But we're more than just that. In fact, we are two women sharing love and life together. In this podcast, we will explore truth, authenticity, and the fears that hold us back from being our true selves. We hope to inspire you to be your most powerful self because life is short and life is good. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, hot stuff. <laughs> hey, Lee, what's up today? That, I, that's all I get? It's all you, oh, you mean you want some kind of like a... a term of endearment. A, a term of endearment? No, I'm good. How yeah. are you? I'm good. How good can I be? The sun's out across the table from you. You know, all good things. I'll come up with something nice to say before the end of this podcast. Okay. I'll You're hold looking you at me to like, that. what's coming next? No, I'm good. I know what's coming. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, how you doing? <laughs> how, you, how you doing? Okay. I know. Talk about it. Just all right, one second. All right. New show. Watch it. Netflix episodes. Episode. It's called Episodes with uh, Matt LeBlanc. LeBlanc. From friends. Joey on friends. Yes, how wow, you doing? It's our new jam. Don't it's watch great, it in front of your kids. Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> Little more than PG, but not bad. It's a great funny show. Mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. a good one. All right. All right. I guess we're done with the podcast. Yeah, Bye. talking about today. Let's get at it. <laughs> okay. So I wanted to talk to you about a topic of, it, it came from a 50 over 50 thing that you saw, um, about women starting businesses or entrepreneurs who are over 50 years old. So I thought, what a great person to talk to about that. You, because you started Hilliard Studio Method at the age of 54. Right. And here you are Right at sixty-seven, Seven. yeah, and so you've had a good little ride here, entrepreneur. Yeah, people going into retirement. That seems like uh, not such a great idea yeah, when you're there's a couple so much years more late do. on that. Yeah, <laughs> no, retirement is for people that are ready to die. And my oh, sorry, wow. I mean we I'm, might need to delete that. I might need to delete that, but I mean uh, for me, it right, is. right, for me, it is. Yeah, I, I really am. You know, I look out here, I see people playing golf every day. How lovely for you! There are days I go, wow. I just wish I could get up and like work on a tea time or something. That would be nice, but I love what I've chosen. And, and, and it continues to be a, 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 you know, it's, it's a continuous creation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hilliard Studio Method is my business. Um, It's become more than a workout. It's a lifestyle. It's my lifeblood. It's, it, it's my best friends that are involved in it. It seems like you, Carrie, everybody that works with us, the trainers, they are people I want in my life. Right. And so that's a business, but that's not punching a clock. That's a love affair with what you do in life. I love that. So let's back it up and see how you got there. Okay. So when you started, it was an interesting time, much like this year of having gone through a pandemic and really business challenge. When you did start, it was 2008. Correct. Right. right. I had, um, I'd been doing personal training before that, but in 2008, it occurred to me without thinking about the fact that we were in a financial crisis, um, that I wanted to do a more aggressive workout than what I was doing on my equipment, mm-hmm. not just aggressive, but I knew yeah. safety, I knew efficiency, and I knew that, um, my body needed to do more than what I was doing before. I was again, 54 in the middle of menopause, which is <laughs> no joke. 
Um, and so I, starting in a financial crisis, actually, when you think about it, I was a personal trainer, which is that, that cost people more money to come to me. Exactly. One on one. Okay. So I did it as a group, but I did it because I liked it so much better. Yeah. Because I was I always said I would never be a group instructor. I wanted to be one-on-one with people. I simply made a group instruction workout that was one-on-one. I I made okay. sure I knew every single person, pretty much their husband, wives, partners, kids, and um, you know, it's grown big. And so of sure. course I don't know every single detail about every single client now, but that was important to me. I love that. That's okay. I do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, that's Lee's. Yes, your strength. Well, uh, names are, are good. And when I see people frequently, I kind of always remember, but I think that to that point, that is always what we try to do. It's not just come in, work out, go out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is our community. Um, but that's interesting to hear you say that you didn't start that as the idea of let me start a group no. workout class. You didn't even start Pilates because you wanted to start a business. Is that no, correct, correct statement? I started Pilates because I had been an athlete as a young person and then not worked out for the bulk of my adulthood up until that point. I think that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? I yeah. had not worked out. And people that knew me then as a model back in the day, or even when I wasn't modeling, just went, gosh, I, you never even went to exercise classes, even though I did. I did right. some of those, um, you know, the little jumpy around things and those <laughs> little Jane Fonda outfits. And Clary and I used to do uh, Jane Fonda's workout and yes. all those sort of things. At my step house. aerobics. Step aerobics, all that, all that stuff. But I would get so bored with workouts Mm -hmm. because I had always enjoyed athletics. And so I played tennis and, you know, played, played different sports, but I was not a person who enjoyed getting into the gym and grinding out some bicep curls and some squats. And so when I went, when I, when I discovered Pilates, just a basic Pilates class, I fell for it hard. Mm. Uh, I fell for it because I couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's that, that challenge, yeah. that competitive spirit. Yeah. Well, just not only that, it wasn't just that, oh, I just need to accomplish this. Uh-huh. It was because I, I was Felt like, how different. is it? I can't, how is it? Mm. I can't do this because core connection is real and it's hard and it's hard to know those entrenched, those small, those small and large muscles, especially the deeper muscles that you have to connect to really and truly get the effects of Hilliard studio method, as well as, uh, a Pilates class in general. Right. right. So when I figured that out, it took about six months to get me into Toronto for three straight months and work and, and get one of the best. I went to Stott up mm-hmm. in Toronto, stayed there for three months, got, you know, my Pilates certification certification. So when I go into something, I don't go in halfway. Right. <laughs> Jump all the way in yeah. and then just start a business. So how long was it between when you were certified. Mm -hmm. And then when you started Hilliard studio method, so in between you were personal training, doing your own thing, but between that, the start and the business. About six years. Okay. I I was a Pilates instructor and quite good one. And I've talked about this on the podcast, so I won't go deep into it, but I had a lot of very, very good clients and I was very good at what I did. And right out of the gate did not do real basic mm-hmm. quote unquote stot or any of the like traditional mat. Well, I did, doing your own no, thing. I did all the equipment, but I did it in a, my own flair. Cause I right. went, well, if you can do it this way, you could do it a couple more ways because if, 
to me, the body and the mind need to be challenged every single time you work out. And if you're doing the same routine every single time, which Pilates traditionally wants you to do, I get it. They want you to build up to a certain Mm -hmm. place. I chose to keep the mind engaged. I saw the body start to change a little faster, including myself. And, um, and then to segue into 2007 when Clary, or probably maybe right before 2007, Clary came to me and she was like, God, I need to get in great shape. I'm going to get married. I'm like, yay. And I'm in the middle of sort of going through menopause. Menopause, Yeah. And I went, you know what? It's time for a change. And so I, I did the whole, uh, I did a full tour of Pilates and tell me if I've already said this before on another podcast, but I'm going to say it. Yeah, go for it. Pilates, heavyweight training. Mm -hmm. I challenged a, um, heavyweight trainer to bulk me up. I said, you've got six weeks. I want to see bulked up muscles. I want to see if this is true. Okay. True that women can bulk up lifting heavy weights because something's got to change. I'm trying, I've gone from, I did two years straight up of yoga, um, Honestly, I loved yoga, but my body did not change. Right. I loved uh, some of the bar classes, really and truly loved Physique 57 and all those sort of things. Loved them. But again, they were repetitive. It was the same thing to me. And, it, sure. and you know, I don't want to, I think there's, as a matter of fact, Physique 57 is a great workout. Yeah, they But are. to me, all of those exercise classes were same old, same old, same old. Once you, once your body understood what was going to happen after you'd been there for two weeks, then it started to plateau. Mm-hmm. So I went, well, the, the magic in workout is, is strengthening your body by confusing it. It's strength. You don't strengthen your brain if you do the same thing over again. So the so physical true. aspect of the workout strengthens the mind and the body, not the mind, the brain and the body and uh, can change your mind about a lot of things too. Yeah. You know, about how you, you look at your body, what you're going to put in it. it. The body is the reflection of who we are on the mm-hmm. inside. Mm-hmm. You can't be positive, healthy, and beautiful on the outside, unless you are on the inside. And I don't care what gorgeous model you show me in a magazine or whatever. I can, you see beauty in people and they don't have to have the perfection features or the exact sculpted arms or any of those things, but the beauty that you bring out, and that's what we try to do in our workout. Again, I start with physical and I go backwards, not backwards, intrinsic into the body. It's from within that that physical health and beauty comes from. So true. I mean, so that really was you doing something that you needed your own niche that you found and then it worked for your clients and then grew and grew. Do you think when you started early, the whole lifestyle element that you just addressed, mind, body, spirit, wellness and nutrition was part of what you were doing or did that develop over time? It developed. And I'll tell you this, I I read that really quick thing I did for the studio and for Instagram and all that the other day. And I was thinking back on that. Mm -hmm. Um, The beauty of starting a business when you're older. And at this point I was in already in my fifties and I was 54 when Hilliard opened the doors, but I already, um, I had such empathy for people. I've always had empathy for people. I didn't know I had such empathy for people, but anybody that walked in my studio as a personal training client got 100% of my attention. And if I had planned something to do for them that day and they walked in and they had a need, I met their needs. Their needs were more important than anything. Uh, And so I really learned to listen to people. I tell people to listen to their bodies and listen to each other. And so I listened to my clients. They were paying me very good money to spend one hour of, of like their therapy. time with me. 
And there were many times there were lots of tears and sometimes just needed a conversation and a forgiveness of their own. Well, we didn't work out. It's okay. We didn't work out. Yeah. You know, let's next time we're going to go at it. So it was a relationship with every single client. No client was the same. Uh, then I started getting two and three coming in that were friends and we'd have a really good time. And, and that's when I started doing the method. It simultaneously okay. happened with Clary getting married. I, but it, here's the thing. So it wasn't just me. It wasn't just Clary. Clary dropped a couple pounds, uh, not a couple pounds, a couple. And that's one of the things I want to talk about weight. Real quick. Okay. There's no weight scales in my house. No one in my house has ever been obese. People that are obese need scales and they need to weigh themselves for their health. People that are like me or like you or like a lot of our clients do not need to weigh themselves mm. every day. What they need to do is pay attention to wh what size their waistline is. So we, I, Clary looked at her sizes and she was dropping size and then she dropped another size. Yeah. And then all of a sudden my pants were loose and I'm like, what is going on? I'm middle of, you know, menopause when you're supposed to put on belly weight, you're supposed to, you know, lose muscle mass because of your hormone changes. And I was gaining wow. strength and sculpting and looked better than I did when I was in my thirties modeling. So, okay. Let's talk about that. So I love this you know, comparison between kind of your first career as a young adult and as a young mother, we were a model <laughs> and then later in life you were in fitness. So they seem to be related, but I think there's a relationship between body consciousness mm -hmm. and uh, appreciating beauty and, and appreciating physique, but there's a big difference yeah. between them. Uh, the big difference was that I was not healthy when I was in my thirties and forties. I was eating I was eating as a diet. I was eating as uh, I, w I watched every bite that went in my mouth mm. because I was a model. I was, had to be an X size, you know? Um, and so I was unhealthy, uh, a fat free foods, worst thing you can do. I mean, gosh, the nineties were full of, what are they yeah. called? Those, all those fat free foods Just you're supposed to junk. have good, cause junk food, fake food. So I ate a lot of fake food and that was bad. Right. So as I, <laughs> but as I turned like 40, I went, whoa, no, it was actually more like 42, 43. Okay. And I went, the genetics just shut down. I want to need a little uh, help more than just this uh, dieting. And, you know, I was skinny fat is what I was. Got it. And that's uh, not healthy. I mean, I actually had, uh, my genetics are kind of crazy from, from my parents, heart disease, obesity and all that. But I actually started having some heart problems when mm -hmm. I was in my early forties. And it was in the, I think it came from diet. For sure. What is going on with you? I'm like, I don't know. Changed right? my diet and that went away. So were you a poor eater before you were modeling? Like, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just to be clear, yeah, but you probably so ate fun. more Yeah. and then you were a model and yeah. Had to. My calorie intake really was it. about half of what I have now. Uh, my, because I probably eat uh, 2,000 or maybe a little bit more calories a day. Mm -hmm. And, but I burn them off. I was going to say, you weren't burning anything. No, I wasn't burning anything off. Plus, remember this I'm 67 years old. I should be said more. People that are more sedentary at my age are not going to burn these calories. They're going to have to watch the yeah. amount, you know. I, but what I do is I eat, I eat calories filled with nutrition. Exactly. If it's, uh, you know, if it's, if it's got a lot of, ch if it's chunked up with, uh, phytonutrients and good vitamins and minerals, I'm going to eat it and proteins. Mm -hmm. And I make sure I get plenty of protein and a combination of healthy carbohydrates and real healthy fats. 
So that's key. And so back in the day, I had terrible eating habits, but I was skinny and I felt bad. Right. I felt like I, I was 67. Yeah. I remember being like 38 and coming home from like a fashion show. I've been on a tour with this group and we'd been in buses and planes and been doing fashion shows all over the Southeast. And I couldn't lift my head off the pillow. I was like, I think I'm dying. I'm oh, just, I just felt terrible. Right. Okay. So a, a little segue then back to where you are now. Mm-hmm. So 67 mm-hmm. business thriving, mm-hmm. you know, in the midst of a pandemic wise of a pandemic been and, a year of not great things happening to the whole world. And, uh, what hap- what happens when you're older and you, I've never ridden anything like this out. No one has. Sure. So there's no pre- preparation for this. This can't even be comp- you can't even compare this to 2008. Yeah. 2008 was just a financial crisis. This is a health crisis, which is leading to financial crises and people having all kinds of problems. Yeah. So what is the impetus, like the driving force that keeps you in the business, in a business? And let me make a note, you know, I think the majority of fitness professionals are younger, at least when they start a business. And so I think you're really unique in that way. So how? Well, you know, and, and, and that's funny you brought that up because that didn't occur to me ever that I was starting a business in my fifties that most people were doing in their twenties and thirties right. and even younger. Um, as a matter of fact, I always considered it an asset because I knew that that's really cute. All those things you're doing. And and I think that's great. And you're doing some great workouts, but what I had that I believe that some people didn't, maybe lots of 20 and 30 year olds do have a a holistic view of the body. And I, and I I know that when I was in my twenties and thirties, I could not have been as good as I was Mm -hmm. when I started at 54. Mm -hmm. I, I was empathetic. I, I was, I did love to pay attention to people, but I was very self-absorbed at those ages, uh, at least for me, not sure. everybody's going to be that way. So when I was in my fifties, I did it out and I went, well, I, you know, I understand not just that the body is made up of muscles, bones, joints, tissue, but it is made up of emotions. It's right. made up of energy. And that energy has to be flowing in a really positive and correct way, or it will destroy it. Energy is energy. It can go, it can go negative or positive. And when you're working out, you not only need to know, uh, to, to know your positions and have someone helping you that understands how that energy is going to flow through the physical yeah. body, but understand that the emotions of the person doing that movement is key. It is, it is the same. The energy is important. And so everything at Hilliard Studio Method is, you don't have negative instructors. There's nobody, you know, cracking the whip and, and I'm sure other, you know, there's some great workouts out there. And I think that you look at SoulCycle or some of those places, uh, Peloton, they understand the use of good energy of really making people feel better about themselves. Right. Because there is the endorphin aspect of just movement and those physical reactions that happen when you move. But I think that layer of depth that you're talking about is so important. But maybe that's the one time, the one hour in your day where people have encouraged you. Yeah. Maybe the rest of the 24 hours, the 23 hours, people have not encouraged you and you felt down on yourself. Mm -hmm. So I've always wanted to be that one oasis of power and love and encouragement that makes people feel better about themselves because you're either going to, you're going to do one or the other. I don't want to work out with anybody that's going to go, 
Uh, you, you didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you should have climbed that uh, second not step. Not good enough. Yeah. Right, right, right. And I mean, I think you've always said that looking good is kind of just the extra bonus. Yeah, it is. Of working out that yeah. obviously you're sculpting incredible bodies yeah. of all ages, but you really understand the impact of longevity and how the workout's supposed right. to be so that your body doesn't just plateau or we're not beating it up till it's injured and that you can do right. A workout for a long time. A workout, a physical workout is first and foremost for the brain and for, yeah. and that's what we all know And I've talked about it and I've done speak speeches about it. Yeah. It's really the brain benefits the most from physical workout. The side effect of a physical workout is a sculpted pretty body. Smoking hot, as Smoking you like hot, to say. As we like to say. <laughs> and I, who doesn't like that? I mean, sure. and again, I see that segue from me being a model and being very body conscious and, and liking the way my body looked. So that can use that. Don't go, sure. oh, I'm so vain. Use your vanity to propel you forward to say, well, these gummy bears I had today didn't make me feel good. Wonder if I changed that up and did something different tomorrow. And then I worked out. And that's what happened to me. Right. I started seeing results when I started eating better. And then yeah. I dove head first into nutrition. Right. Hardcore into nutrition. Well, if there's anything I do, I hope one thing I do is is I'm now model in a, a different way than I will model at 67. A role the, model? A, not, not only a role model. I mean, I'm, I'm modeling a behavior that says, yeah, I'm 67. I'm not even, why would I ever be worried to tell anybody my age? Mm. I feel good. I don't look 27. I don't look 37. I don't look, you know, all that. I well. look, <laughs> I, I look good to yeah. me. All right. I look fine. I like the way I look, but I like the way I look because my body is strong and it feels good. And there is something, you know, magnificent to be able to get into the clothes you've been wearing for years and years and years. And so that's a, that's a nice impetus, but, um, I don't want to be, I don't want to be sad and sick and I, I don't want to, who wants to feel bad. Right. Right. Um, there isn't, and people that go, it's funny, people come up to me and go, when are you going to start a workout for 50 and over? I'm like, well, I was 54 when I started. Yeah, this is, this This is is it. it. I mean, don't slow down. Well, and I think that's part of smart with your workout. Don't slow down. Right. Not just the workout, but also the passion of the career that you have or whatever it is you're passionate about. That doesn't even have to be a career that you don't have to stop. You asked me a while ago, like, why do I keep doing this? Yeah. I mean, it is truly still a love letter. It's mm-hmm. still a creation of, oh, of course, as in love, there's always problems. Sure. <laughs> there's some days the love affair is not going so well, um, but you know, it's, it's not easy, but I love it. And, um, and people go, you know, why haven't you franchised this business and all these kind of mm-hmm. things? And who knows, maybe that'll happen one day, but I enjoy it so much. And I think that shows, it and does. I think that's why. It's- well, I think it's why, excuse me for interrupting, but for me, because that shows for you, it shows for me too, like that trickle down, mm-hmm. you know, it, maybe it trickles down to the clients and they go do what they love because of that energy. That's what I want. Exactly. I don't care if you become a painter or you become a brain surgeon, Mm -hmm. find that thing. Don't be afraid of it or be afraid and do it anyway. Fear is, is a constant. Somebody said on that post you were referring to earlier. Oh, wow. Liz, you're just fearless. I got a whole lot of comments like you're so fearless. Um, that's, I think I'll, I think I'll take that and own it, but I'm not fear. uh, I'm not 
You're not free from fear. fear. I am not free from fear. (laughs) Um, Where I have learned, and I think that comes with just paying attention to myself, really paying attention to Liz. Mm -hmm. Things scare the bejeebers out of me. I get the hell scared out of me about 80,000 times a day, just from my own thoughts, like what if, what if, or real fear. What I've learned about fear is that if I put my head down and I keep breathing, which is the hardest thing to do when you're fearful because you hold your breath and you're paralyzed, fear will literally paralyze you, is to take a step, breathe and keep moving. Now, I do that, uh, whether it's figuratively or literally. Right. So there's been a lot of fear this year. And especially I would say, you know, of course there's been obvious fear with this pandemic, but I have fear every single day. I mean, we, you and I've gone through our own fearful transitions into being sure. in a relationship that is unacceptable. It's a big one. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, they, facing that head on has been, uh, attainable for me. It's not easy. Fear is my, I have a love affair with fear. I, mm. I don't hate it. I love it because I know when I'm afraid of something, it has triggered an energy in me that says, Oh, okay. So this is where we go. This is how we evolve. It, fear to me is a, is the great gift of evolution. I'm afraid. So I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not, I'm not ready. I need more education. When you start asking yourself those questions, I say, step into it anyway. And what's the worst thing that can happen? You fall flat on your face. That's not the worst thing that can happen. (laughs) You're still breathing, right? You can still. So I think where I really embrace fear and I really do say, I don't like it at all. Sure. But it has some kind of weird love. It. That it's weird. like a fuel. I have a fuel. It's a fuel. Right. It helps you, in my opinion, you know, it encourages the change, mm-hmm. which therefore encourages the right. growth. It encourages the change. And fear also has brought me to vulnerability mm. that I've always had, but I was afraid to admit it. Sure. And uh, I'm... I love it. I, lo- I mean, that's the beauty I have with you is I can, I can be, because I'm very strong feeling right this minute and th- five minutes from now, something could happen and I, I'm going to, I'm going to either voice it or show it mm-hmm. and I'm not going to drive it down into my innards so that it makes me sick. The only thing certain in 2020 and 2021 so far is uncertainty. We have plenty of hope, which is wonderful. I have tons of hope and, and we have to have that every single day, or I think we will be driven under that dark cloud of our fear. But if you have hope and you fear, feel the fear, then you just, it's literally like, I just like in a hard headwind, you put your head into it and you just keep going forward. You're going to not go over it. You're not skipping over it. You're going through it. And then once you get on the other side, the winds die down and the sun is out. Right. And you see like, wow, this was so worth going through that hard storm. Right. Right. Never regretful. No, we've experienced a lot of that. And I think it takes practice. I mean, you go through something once and you do it and it gives you a little more steam to do it again. And I feel like that's true with the essence of the physical workout. Yeah, too. Exactly. You you just walk in the door. Great. Mm -hmm. First step. Mm -hmm. You get on the mat. Second, you pick up the weights, you do one Mm -hmm. rep, you know, it just adds and adds and adds. And that's the beauty of it. The energy is there that says, I'm not good enough. I'm not ready Whenever you start saying words to yourself, self-talk that says, I'm not good enough. I'm not ready. I'm not smart Mm -hmm. enough. I'm not pretty enough. 
That's when you absolutely have to do it. <laughs> there you Period. Go. Yeah. Yeah. That's you hard. You must but it's do true. the thing you can't do. You must do that thing. You know, I, because if you don't, then you'll always wonder, or mm. you'll be then living sort of that half baked, halfway. I almost made it. If I in another life, I'll come back and do this. No, no, yeah. no, no. We're gonna do it right now. <laughs> this life, which is, you know, which is, that's really powerful. I mean, I just, I kind of pause going thinking about the way that I handle fear mm-hmm. and how it's different from you. And that's encouraging. It's only because I'm older and I've had more time to be fearful. <laughs> right. And you know, you've come out a lot on the other side. It, well, I think we always think it's worse than yeah, it is. It's always in, really and truly. And when you, you go through whatever you go through, that you walk through that fear and you get on the other side of it, you are always, I promise, and I'm not lying about this one, you're always better for it. Always, mm. always, mm. always. And you're almost never better for it if you step back back and go, I cannot do that. Right. Because I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not ready. You just walk through it. And you know what? You might screw up. Failure, big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I failed a billion trillion times. I'm not afraid to fail again. It felt this like this whole year was one big, you know, sure. horrible. <laughs> well, what you do is you own it really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that goes hand in hand. If you're able to come to the table, to yourself, to whomever, to whatever, and recognize and own that failure. I think that's really powerful. And so I think that allows you to then be fearful again and be okay with it and use it. Well, it is interesting. To power you forward. It is interesting. Sort of like the seeds of this thing is that once you've walked through fear once, the next time the fear comes, you go, oh, God, I remember that feeling. I wonder if I can walk through this one because it's sort of like the fear gets, you know, the challenges get bigger, mm-hmm. the more we're able and capable to handle them. But then you're actually more adept at taking the breath in and releasing it mm-hmm. and putting your head down and going forward. It's not ever easy. It's not ever easier, but you're more adept to it. I mean, I'm still still carry a lot of trepidation and fear and I have to face it every single day of things that could happen or right. this, that and the other. But um, it, you just, you have, if it takes writing it down or speaking to your friend sure. or therapist about it, do it because it's key to you being living your whole perfect self, which everybody yeah. has a whole perfect self, just waiting to push through the fear to live. Don't wait. No, <laughs> no. Find yourself a Lee. Well, I was about to say, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever fears I have, it's so much easier, more manageable to really be open and honest with you about it and have somebody mm-hmm. to listen to you, to give you a little push or mm-hmm. to say, yeah, you're right. Relationship <laughs> is so smart. And, and, I, and that's not what I'm going to say. It's so key. It's so yeah. important. Uh, it, whether it's a love relationship or just a really good friend, mm-hmm. we need people that hear us. Yeah. And so if you can be that person that listens to people, then you'll get those people in your life and you can have that correspondence back and forth, which I think is lucky, not just lucky for us. I think we, we found each other right. And, you know, I, I just love to see great relationships, literally, whether they're mother, child, father, son, sure. husband, wife, partner, partner, whatever it is, and see that people are really supportive of one another because there's a lot of stuff that's out right. there that really 
sometimes catches up with us, even when we think, I mean, I know that I'm strong right this second, but in two minutes, something can hit me and I'll feel very vulnerable and scared. Yeah. And I'll need to talk it through and, or just have somebody to hold me and say, or say nothing. That's <laughs> true too. Say nothing. Just be there. Just, be, just there. be there. And thanks for being there for me. I'm always there for you. You are. And you're an inspiration. I, mean, I, hope I am. You are. No, you are. That's a fact. Um, but thanks for letting me kind of delve in. I'm going to land the plane because like probably some other people listening, I've got to go to carpool. Oh, it is carpool time. <laughs> right. Time to get the chill. It is. Good. But I think that, that there's a lot of little gems in that knowledge of a little bit of who you are and where you are in your life and the wisdom and experience that comes with that about passion and, you know, fear and moving passion through is key. it. Love is key. Uh, listening is absolutely essential. And next time we're going to talk to you, Lee. I oh. feel like I've just been interviewed, which I have been. Well, it felt like it, but it was fun. Yeah. I always am curious about you. So, well, thanks. I'm curious about everybody. So let's get yeah. let's get curious. You guys, let us know what you want to know. Want to know? <laughs> and we'll stay curious, and you do too. That's key. I keep saying that word key. That is essential. Okay. Yeah. So let's go out and have a great day, and get curious, and have some fun. Sounds like a plan. See you later. See you later. Thanks for listening today. Hilliard Studio Method is open. We offer classes inside, outside, or at home via Zoom, as well as our streaming platform. For more details, you can go to HilliardStudioMethod.com. Please follow us at Hilliard Studio Method, and I'm at Lee Canelli. I'm at Liz Hilliard HSM. I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review the Hilliard Studio Podcast. <laughs>